add just one word and that will be equality because i believe that the way we are bringing him up he will respect equality he will demand equality and he will give equality i'm not really leading my life i'm leading my life for her eventually to for me to be a good mother i'll have to keep my profession on like i it, just spending more time with my child is not going to make me a better mother well finding a house was really tough in bangalore yes uh because i had the absolute worst set of filters uh, i am muslim uh, i am single i had two dogs Hello and welcome to the Ilm. I'm your host Aisha Lim, and the Ilm is a podcast that celebrates knowledge. Because the more we know about people, places, issues, we're richer for it. And why is this important? How are we richer for it? Because the more information we have, we're less fearful of what's different from us. Knowledge helps us learn what makes people different and distinct, but also so much like us and the people we love. This is the very first episode of the first season of the Ilm, like episode one of an entire season dedicated to and about women. So I thought it makes sense to go back to the beginning, to our beginnings, to our mums. And the truth is, we all have a mum story, either a great one or a not so great one, either because our mothers are or were so hands-on, or because of her absence. Either way, everyone has something to say about the first woman in their life. So I've spoken to a few different mothers. Shruti is a new mother who's just learning to be a mum. Ethika is a mother who works full time, balancing a career with being a mother. Preeti talks to me about raising a boy, and Sana and Kapila talk to me about being a single mother. Before we begin, I'd like to thank all the women who spoke to me for this episode, who shared their time and thoughts with me. Really private, personal stuff. Thank you. First up, I speak to Shruti Garodia, whom I've known since we attended Boston University together, whose baby has just fallen asleep, so she's able to talk to me via video call from Mumbai, where she's visiting her parents. This is episode one about motherhood. I'm Aisha Alim. Welcome to the Ilm. I live in Bangalore. I have been a content marketing professional for about a decade now. Uh, I am mommy to eight-month-old Ira, and I used to travel. I used to read. Right now, I'm a slave too. <laughs> What would you say is um, the best part of being a mother? I don't know if there's one best part, but I know I've been happier. and i i'm strangely surprised when i'm telling you this and i i always just knew that i wanted a baby but uh there was no rational reason behind it but also it's it's made me extremely happy in the last 8 months like i i haven't really worked i have been done stuff that i used to uh, no stepping out meeting friends on a whim no eating out just when you feel like it but i've been um, strangely content I don't know whether it's the fact that I'm able to give so much of myself to somebody or that somebody needs me so much that I can't go on with the rest of my life. I'm not really leading my life. I'm leading my life for her. But uh 
it's very strangely like I expected to feel unhappy. I expected to feel that, you know, uh, there are people, my peers who are probably doing far more than I am. But uh, no, that doesn't bother me. I'm strangely happy. And I think for me, as uh, in terms of personal growth, that's been tremendous. What is the toughest part of being a mom so far? The insecurity kills you. What kind of insecurity? Are you doing enough for the baby? Because uh, I've never done this before. And I'm doing it by myself. Oh, like I can always call up my mother or mother-in-law for advice, but uh, oh, they can. I can only explain and describe so much. I'm very nervous, just asking myself every single day, "Am I doing enough?" So most of our questions to pediatrician every visit are just about, "Do we do this and do we do that?" And he keeps telling me to curb my enthusiasm. I think it was more. It's more about. I don't know if I'm doing enough. Am I looking for validation? No, but uh, I wish there was something or someone that told me that this is fine. Because, and also when you talk to other new mothers, the whole comparison bit, oh, my baby did this at X months and my baby did that at five months. I'm like, really, these aren't our victories. These aren't a mother's victories. These are the baby's victories. So, yeah. And we, we have no control over them. What are you most afraid of for her? To, be the, to use the most obvious one, safety. Uh, my mom tells me when she used to send me out for errands or if I was getting bored at home, they'd send me out for a walk to a nearby store or to meet a friend and I'd go unaccompanied. And she's like, I don't think we can do that today. Itika Sharma and I have been friends for more than 10 years. We went to journalism college together in Bangalore. She had a baby a little more than a year ago. And I know that men don't get asked these questions nearly as often as women. Like, how do you do it? And how do you manage a career and being a parent? But I've really been amazed at how easy Itika makes it look to have her senior editorial job and be such a great mom to her baby. So she sat down to talk with me at her home in Bangalore. Hi, Itika. Thanks so much for speaking with me. Could you introduce yourself, please? Hi, Aisha. I am Itika Sharma Puneet. I am a journalist. I work with a New York headquartered startup called Quads as their India technology editor. What is being a working mother like? Uh, so, Aisha, I wouldn't say that uh, anything has changed me as such. Uh, what has changed for me is mostly my daily routine, my schedules, my priorities to a certain extent. Uh, being a mother is uh, a big shift for someone who's been very professionally driven for almost a decade. I mean, by the time I had my daughter, Kashni, I had already been a journalist for almost 10 years. And um, a, a typical day before having my baby uh, would have me spending most of my waking hours working and, or thinking about my work, if not being in office. Uh, but um, what's changed after having a baby is that there is a there is a small child who's totally dependent on you, especially you know in the initial years like where she is right now. So you need to sort of uh, think about your priorities because uh, while your work can wait and the baby can't, you don't want your work to wait. So you sort of are try trying to you know uh, balance the two things out. Um, uh, that said, uh, professionally, I don't think much has changed for me because uh, I have sort of, you know, prioritized my day, my hour, every hour of my day in a way that 
that aspect of my life doesn't get affected just because I have a baby. Um, so I wouldn't say that things have changed for me. Yes, there is added responsibility. So there is uh, a much more efficiency I need in my planning in the way I spend every hour of the day. But, uh, so there's added responsibility, but not so much change. So Aisha, one thing that worked uh, in my favor was that even when I decided to conceive a child, I planned it. Um, thankfully, you know, I have the freedom to do that and I have a partner who was totally in it with me. Uh, we both planned uh, it such at a time when, uh, when you know, we, we knew that we were prepared financially, emotionally, uh, professionally. I was at a stage where I had put in several years into my profession, as my career as a whole, and in the job that I was currently. Uh, I knew that I had, uh, I was working for an employer who was extremely supportive of uh, such needs, and uh, I knew that under any circumstances, my job would not be threatened. Another thing that, you know, surprisingly worked in my favor was that I was to go on maternity break. I was to deliver my baby on the 21st of March, and just about 10 days before my maternity leave was to start, the government changed the laws. And instead of three months, now new mothers were eligible for uh, six months of maternity leave. So that came, came as a big surprise for me, and uh, which also helped me in a big way because I honestly feel maternity leave for three months is like really less because having seen a child firsthand at three months, the baby is so small that there's no way in hell a mother should have to leave the child because the child hardly knows anyone else other than the mother. So um, it was very smooth for me. I mean, I, I, as soon as I con conceived, I told my employer and we planned the maternity break such. They knew that I was going to be away for three months and then eventually they knew I, was, I would be away for six months. I did have a lot of FOMO. Initially, I felt like, you know, being for away from work for six months is going to make me, make me redundant. And by the time I come back, someone else would have taken my job or the news cycles have just have would have just moved somewhere else. I would have lost all my contacts. So it was very healthy in that in the sense that at home I had support from my husband uh, who also took whatever paternity break he could, which is very sad that India doesn't support paternity leaves that uh, the way they should. But at my, at my workplace, I mean, they made me feel very comfortable. Uh, I was on leave for five months. I joined back after five months out of choice because the big news broke and I could not stay away. Any, uh, I mean, I could not choose, like stay away from that news. So I just dived in and I logged in to my computer and I started working. At the time, I had a boss who was a woman and she completely understood what I was going through. Um, I, I feel that for all working mothers, uh, all women who are working and they are planning a child, it is very essential for you to be uh, aware of your rights vis-a-vis uh, -vis your employer and also to sort of find a workplace which values you beyond just six months of maternity leave because that's what my employer sort of made me realize that me being away for six months out of the entire time that I was going to put in with them wasn't so significant. It's not like if they let me be on, on maternity leave for six months, I'm going to be unproductive, etc. And uh, those th that maternity leave helped me so much because... Once I was, uh, once I came back from there, I feel like I've come back with 2x the power and 2x the clarity and 
and you know it it to uh, uh, x the dedication because uh, it's it's a two way street you know they value me i value them i spent several weeks aisha just trying to to live in denial of the fact that things that, that there is a new new addition in my life and i have to accept it and i have to live with it once that acceptance comes in it becomes much easier so i'll give you an example just two months back one of i mean i i track uh, e-commerce as a journalist uh, india saw one of the biggest deal in this space happen and uh, we had been preparing for the news for weeks and we all knew it was coming and then the deal was announced and uh, it was like the most hectic day day, day there can be for a journalist uh, who's tracking technology in india and i started working early in the morning and i was uh, still on my computer till like late late evening and uh, at 8:30 when i shut my computer down to take a break have dinner uh, i had my baby who was waiting to be put to bed and to be bathed so i moved from my computer and i went and i gave a massage to my baby and i bathed her and i put her put her to sleep uh, for a second i thought this was very unfair why should i have to do it because Uh, i have worked so much but then on a second thought i thought this was actually me time uh, me having to spend time with my baby unwinding is me time i see a lot of my friends who sort of fall out of the 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 loop as soon as they have a baby it's like you know just going under the rock and it's very easy to do that because of course there's so much work with the baby you know you are mentally exhausted you are physically exhausted your body is Uh, tired and changed and so it's very easy to sort of give in to those things and you know just drop out of your social circle i feel one should actually put in more effort in keeping that social circle because that is eventually what's going to help you stay sane but i i think the question that everyone wants to ask of working mothers is how do you do it how do you do it all <laughs> i wish i had the answer to that uh it uh, i think it's it comes organically see uh, as a person uh, i i knew always and i know now that i am not cut out to be a person who can dedicate 24 hours of her day to caring for a child that doesn't mean i don't love her enough but uh, it, it for me to be satisfied and happy uh i need to keep pursuing my profession cuz i have invested a lot into it and it is something that gives me a lot of happiness and and joy so um i i think it's more to do with prioritizing mostly because uh i uh, when i had the baby and in the initial months when i was on maternity leave and i was spending all my time with my child i to seriously honestly gave a thought to you know can i be a stay at home mom caring for my child full time because she need she would need that and she'd love that and and a lot of women i know around chose to do that but that wasn't something that really made me feel happy or satisfied i realized that i wouldn't be it's not i'm not cut out for that i wouldn't be able to do it what helped me was uh, speaking to a lot of fellow mo- working mothers my own mother in fact was a working mom uh, so i i took a few lessons from what i remember of spending my childhood with her then i followed a lot of blogs of working women i read up a lot of literature of i read up a lot of books and i realized that you know um, eventually to for me to be a good mother i'd have to keep my profession on like i it, just spending more time with my child is not going to make me a better mother so there are certain 
tricks that I sort of started implementing. Like I have become a big planner ever since I've had a child. I plan weeks, if not months ahead for everything. I never used to have a calendar at my desk chalking out things, but now I do. I, I plan uh, my work, I plan my personal life, my social engagements, my, my baby's uh, vaccinations and, and what, what's going to happen, what, what, like, you know, what stages is she going to come uh, face in the next, say, six months. I, I have a fair idea about, I'm prepared for those things. So that helps me a lot because then in most circumstances, I am well prepared to handle that situation and there is less of a surprise. And I feel that that sort of been a key to me being successful in managing both the spheres well because I try to avoid having last minute shocks and surprises. What has it been like navigating motherhood without your mother as a reference point? Well, to be really honest, that has been a bigger challenge for me through my journey of motherhood than uh, dealing with the baby itself. Uh, because, I mean, you know, of course, I lost my mom when I was 16, and losing a parent is hard at every stage. But And, and you know, I, I joke with friends very frequently that people say that, uh, that you get over grief after a while, but I feel that ever since I've had my child, uh, that uh, not having my mother is something that's just like, you know, it just, just come as a slap in my face because it is hard. I don't have any reference point. I don't have uh, any person who I can, uh, uh, what do you say, unconditionally fall back on. I see a lot of my uh, colleagues, my friends uh, who are working and they're mostly working because they have their set of parents to sort of, you know, take care of their children. Uh, there are very few people in the world who you can trust your child with, especially when they're so young where they can't tell you if something goes wrong with them. Like my child is, she can't talk right now. So I, it's very scary to leave her with someone who I don't trust completely. So of course I feel had my mom been around, things would have been much more easier. That's actually a thought that, that I think, it's a, it's a thought that passes my mind almost twice every day when I am tired or when things are getting hard. I, I feel like had mom been around, I would have just dumped some of my troubles on her. The world certainly doesn't look like what it did 10 years ago, much less five years ago. And while people and travel and technology have had a huge role to play in these changes, one of the most significant has been for women to have the space to speak about issues that matter to them, which are often in relation to men. So what is it like raising a boy today? Is it different? Is it more difficult than raising a girl, for example? What do you teach him? What kind of man do you want him to grow up to be? Preeti Das, who started out as a friend of a friend, talks to me from Ahmedabad. And quick announcement, Preeti and my friend Shifali Pandey have this amazing all-women stand-up comedy group called Mahila Munch. They use humor to talk about a bunch of social issues. If you're in Ahmedabad and can catch a show or wherever they're performing next, absolutely go. If you could just tell me a little bit about your background, please. Okay, so my name is Preeti, and uh, at the moment I am uh, heading the mass communication department in a college here in Ahmedabad. So, uh, Asha, most people say that it is tough bringing up a girl. While I agree with them, I personally think it is tough bringing up a boy, and I think there are certain aspects which make it tougher. Because there is constant uh, enforced patriarchy, a way of looking at things, and I realize that I'm constantly fighting about it from day one. You know, it starts with the pinks and the blues in the hospital. 
and then it just goes on with the fight for the name the surname equality so and at the same time i'm trying to sensitize my son about it you know as he's growing up in school uh, when they do exercises about community helpers he's typically seeing women in roles like cooking and men as doctors so when i teach him that there are you know women who are doctors and men who cook I realize that he he often comes and says, "Am I? Why am I the only kid asking these questions in class?" No, absolutely. I, I I hear you completely. Which is what I wanted to ask you. When you're in a world which is constantly giving these messages to your son, and it's almost like, how much can you protect him from? How much can you? uh teach him otherwise what are you doing to challenge those notions or how are you uh helping him have a more balanced perspective so you know these notions i shall start from the house itself uh for example uh as most children fall ill uh till they're about 3 to 4 years because they generally have you know the immunity is building up so the first thing you know so my son would keep having this recurring cough and i was told that is not being taken care of because i'm a working woman and therefore an irresponsible mother and this doesn't come from outside this came from within the family wow and to be specific this came from my in-laws you know he also often asks me that you know mums come to pick the children up i come in a bus mums come for a lot of meeting dad comes for a, you know a, a parent meeting often and you don't turn up so these are things that are drilled in you know and i i respond in a way that uh, because he's just 5 years old um i can't really teach him the fundamentals of equality then i make sure i take him with me which means when i'm performing my son has to see me perform to understand that his mother is there on stage maybe he's not understanding what i'm talking about but he says that i like what you're doing there aap upar chadh ke you know aap kuch bol rahe ho and i think somewhere he's seeing that his mother does that he's also seeing the fact that his father takes care of him when there is no cook uh, it is the men of the house who are cooking so he knows he knows how to cut an onion you know and he understands that it is not restricted only to the mom doing things like that so um, you know typically the morning the breakfast routine all that is done by my husband and it's like nothing uh, new for us i have to i mean just make sure i take him through every phase of my life and he's there and that's something i do consciously because that's what my mom has done uh, with us though she has two daughters but she made sure and she's she's still working she's 66 she still works so we make it a point to sort of you know um show kabir everything he's seen my mom's office my mom takes him uh, to to her office you know and to some field trips uh, often so he understands that yes women can work women can be bosses women can drive what would you say is your greatest fear for him or fear for his future and what do you look forward to i think like every parent um, i would fear you know kabir again falling into the trap that everyone is trying to push him into though i think um, it sounds very small but aisha the struggles are real and they are very tough you know like small little things like fighting to put my surname and my husband's surname after his name I can never forget in the passport office there was a woman who was giving me gyan that women like you who don't want to take the husband's name are like a blot on the indian culture and i'm like you don't even know i'm a senior journalist and like i can screw you for this but uh, 
just get done with the passport also what happens is here my son is not restricted to wearing any colors you know we are okay with whatever he wants to do he's a curious kid and like most kids he loves playing with my lipsticks he takes my bindi and wears it and runs around the house he's a kid who we take to the pride parade every year and he loves dancing in fact um, he's almost the poster boy of the lgbtq community here because they have some beautiful pictures of him you know waving off the entire parade he is wow. the tiniest person so everybody was like what are you doing to your son tum pehle se hi are you trying to make him gay or are you trying to make him effeminate i'm like no he needs to understand that people of all kinds exist so that's that's something as i said um we seem to be progressing but i think we're still getting very narrow when it comes to our thoughts you know and that's that's going to be the biggest struggle for any parent any parent again what do i do beyond the point aisha he plays with a gang of boys they believe now they say for fun they want to beat up little girls it seems very innocent it starts as a game but one needs to really tell them that that is not really a sense of fun because you know where that land what is one thing that you really wish he has the chance to either experience as an adult or just growing up i i i just one word and that will be equality because i believe that the way we are bringing him up he will respect equality he will demand equality and he will give equality so it doesn't matter uh, whether kabir as a student as as a parent as 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 a partner whatever i want him to understand respecting that's something which is core i i don't care whether he turns out well academically whether you know it doesn't matter so it's equality and respect these are things that i really and i think that uh, some somehow because we're bringing him up a certain way he will have that edge he will at least be a better person more women are raising children on their own and everyone has always had an opinion about it sana left her marriage a few years ago and is raising her 7 year old son on her own and kapila chandran's marriage ended a few years ago but not her long standing wish to have her own child so she decided to be artificially inseminated and now she's the mother of a gorgeous baby girl sana and kapila spoke with me and shared their stories hi kapila thanks so much for speaking with me can you introduce yourself please hi aisha i'm kapila chandran um i'm 42 and i've just had a baby girl she's 2 and a half months old So you know how everybody thinks that it's great that you don't have children when you get divorced or when you get separated everyone's like at least you didn't have a child and i was like no i mean at least i should have had a child after spending 10 years of uh, you know of the best years of my life um and um and i think i got lucky because it was a dream that i wanted to pursue since i was 21 i always wanted to be a mother i knew that i needed to be a mother to feel complete um and i was actually very sad when my marriage broke down for the same reason um and uh, but yeah but that didn't deter me because i knew i needed to and i'm grateful that we have options and i got this opportunity uh and i went for it can you walk me through the process what was it like from when you decided until when your baby was born um so I th- so one of the concerns for me was um sperm donation um I wanted to be of course I do want I did want to have my own baby I'm very gene proud I wanted to carry a piece of my mother my grandmother my father uh, etc uh, but I'm also very partic- I was very particular about the other side there are great sperm banks there was a lot of help even some friends offered but uh, I was concerned about two things one the quality 
the mental uh, psychological well-being of the sperm that I would use. Um, and secondly was um, um, if it was a friend or something, I just didn't want any emotional attachment. There were friends who were saying, you can use our sperm, we'll donate it. And But I was scared of what if they get emotionally attached or what if they want to have something to do with the child later on. Uh, so these were my concerns. So I didn't know where to go. It was either I go to a sperm bank, but I was scared about not knowing about what type of sperm there would be. And B, if it was somebody I knew, then how, uh, uh, um, how would that turn out? So there was... Uh, um, there was uh, a concern, but I got really lucky. Um, I think um, it just, everything just clicked. Uh, the sperm donor came on the right time. We clicked, he understood completely. It was nobody I knew, but yet it was somebody I knew. So, so you know, um, friends or friends, and uh, it clicked. And of course, you have to get all the paperwork in ready, so there's no way that they can come back ever and claim the baby and also safeguard themselves. I can't claim babies theirs as well. And uh, then it has to work. It's first you have to identify the sperm or the sperm donor or the bank, and then it has to work. So um, in this way, it worked. So this is the first step most doctors advise, even even married couples, to go through this, which is um, artificial insemination. Uh, it just it's almost like the natural sexual intercourse manner, but it aids it. It just ensures that the sperm reaches the egg at the right time. Uh, of the month of your of your period, um, so as I said, even married couples do it. And if this doesn't work, people advise you to go for IVF. So this is the first step, and uh, yeah, this is what I did. Were you ever scared? Were you nervous? I mean, of course, you 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 look you look happy, and you look. It, it seems like a very positive experience. You had a baby shower, um, but uh, of course, welcoming a child into your life, into your family, is a very big step. So, what were some of the feelings um, in the lead up to her birth? Uh, the pregnancy was one of the best times of my life, Aisha. Um, physically, emotionally, I think my hormones were at its at its best. Uh, I used to have few anxious moments, even generally, uh, before I got pregnant. But when I got pregnant, it all kind of calmed down. So I think the pregnancy hormones really suited me. And I believe they suit all women. Um, so, yeah, my, I was having uh, better hair days. <laughs> um, but no, so my pregnancy was great. Uh, my anxieties towards, yes, I did have one anxiety of losing the baby or it not working out was very strong when everything was going right I was like no something's gonna go wrong but uh, I had to let go of that inner fear that something because it was so precious to me but after a while I think uh, I discovered meditation while I was pregnant finally after all these years of trying to meditate I think it really helped me and uh, I finally knew that I was gonna have or nothing was gonna nothing was gonna happen once that happened I started enjoying my pregnancy even more and uh, I started enjoying her when she was born and everything was smooth. I had a great delivery and everything was great post that. What about after she's born? I mean, of course, as a parent, especially as a new parent, that you might have concerns and just fears even about her growing up and what she's likely to face in the world. So um, now that she's here, do you have any... Are you scared of anything? Are you anxious? I think all my anxieties left the moment she was born. Um, I think she's going to be a strong girl. And the amount of support I've received from my sister, my friends, just like strangers, 
is is absolutely amazing. I think it's the right time. I don't think there's going to be any issue. I think she's going to be a great, happy child. Um, I'm not scared of anything actually. Or uh, if she does ask me where she's from, which I'm sure she will one day, um, just going to tell her she's uh, you know like the daughter of the sun, which which is what I've named her, Eliana. It means daughter of the sun. And that's what I'm going to tell her. Of course, I do need to get some expert opinions of how to handle a child like this, similar to a way you tell an adopted child that he or she is adopted, you they need some psychological counselling. But I haven't yet uh, come to that stage yet. Right now, I'm just in, we're just enjoying kind of getting to know each other. I think there's lots of time for that. And what would you like to tell other women, whether in a similar situation to yours or not? No, just based on your experience, what would you like to share? Aisha, as I said, I think uh, women are getting very scared of uh, of of bringing children into this world. I have lots of close friends who uh, do not want to have children. Of course, it's fine. I, I respect their view. But I think it's very sad that we've come to the state that women do not want to have children. And I'm not saying at younger ages. They just don't want to have children at all. And I think it's very sad what we have done to them or what society has done or why... Uh, um, they think that way and I just want to say that pregnancy is the most natural thing in a woman's life and I think every woman should get uh, uh, pregnant. I was very happy when two or three of my friends and some acquaintances uh, came to me while I was pregnant and said you have inspired us and we're going to get pregnant and um, I think one of them already is actually, it's a secret but yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, I think uh, being and being single or being 40 or being married um, is does not determine whether you should get pregnant or have your own baby or not. Um, you can have your baby if you're single, if you're 40. Nothing should, should come in the way. If you want to have a baby, you should and go for it. Our final guest today is Sana. Hi, Sana. Thanks so much for speaking with me. Can you introduce yourself, please? Hi, Aisha. Uh, my name is Sana. I uh, currently live in uh, Kerala in Cochin. Uh, I run uh, something called Kitchen, where I teach children how to cook. What is being a single mom like? My experience as a single mother has been largely great. Uh, it's just so much easier to take decisions when it is just you. Uh, you know, whether uh, to put it simply, whether it's what movie to watch on Friday or what holiday to go on, to the larger things like what school, to religious beliefs, to whether you should have a dog, to, you know, there are so many things that it just makes it so much easier when it's just you and you don't have two conflicting points of view and one has to settle each time. So in that sense, it has been pretty great for me as a single mom. I feel... Uh, Life has gotten much easier since. My experience in Bangalore was very different than my experience in Kerala. Uh, so when we were in Bangalore, I was constantly asked where the father was and uh, by neighbors or people at the grocery. You know, everyday people who are close to you or not, there's a lot of questions asked. But uh, I think in uh, Kerala, it's not so much the open-mindedness, but as a culture, they are used to men being away in in the in the marines or at, in the Gulf, that they're so used to women just seeing women and kids, that it's not an aberration thing. So in my in my one year and two months here, not a single person has asked me where the father was. Finding a house was really tough 
in Bangalore, yes. Uh, because I had the absolute worst set of filters. Uh, I'm Muslim, uh, I'm single, I had two dogs. So uh, in I just, I, I found it really difficult to find a house. There have been many occasions when they didn't care about the single mom uh, factor, but the, when we come to signing the documents and they see my surname and then they realize, oh, she's, she's Muslim and you can see them wavering and they say, oh, we just need something, we'll get back to you. And then I never hear from them again. So it has been quite a challenge, but I mean, eventually I did find great homes and great neighborhoods to live in. My parenting approach hasn't really changed because I'm single. It has been the same from the time I've always imagined being a parent. And it is to do all the wonderful things that my parents did for me and to add in the things that I wish they had done for me. So, like, the most obvious, I mean, the most obvious glaring example to me is to create a, a safe environment where we could all be honest and talk about our feelings. Like, that's something I never had. So with my child, ever since, you know, I think even before he could speak, I've been extremely honest with him. And we talk about everything, every single decision that we take, we take it together, whether it's quitting my job, whether it's moving cities, changing homes, getting a pet. We talk about everything from the details of a divorce case to what a, what a menstrual cup is. Most parents, most new parents make the mistake of rearranging their entire lives around uh, the child. And I've never been in agreement with that uh, concept because you've been on this planet a lot longer and you have your likes and dislikes and your routine. And it makes no sense to rearrange all of that for somebody who doesn't have a routine yet or, or an environment. It's, it's a new environment for the child anyway. So right from day one, I have not made any adjustments to my life just because I became a mom. So from the from the sound levels in my house to bedtime to social occasions, we have done everything we would do even if we didn't have a child. So I have continued that even today. Uh, I tell him very clearly that you know he's he's important to me and he's a big chunk of my life, but he's not my entire life. And that's okay, because I don't want to be his entire life either. So if, you know, mama needs to go out and have some fun and watch a movie or just meet some friends, uh, mama will. And you just need to figure out what else to do. So whether you want to go for a play date with your friends, or you want to go to your grandparents, that's up to you. So we have very strong lines of when it is our together time and when it's our separate me times. Uh, we cook together, we eat together, we have a bedtime routine, um, stuff like that. But most of our days, we spend it as individuals separately under the same roof. So he does his things by himself. He feeds the dogs, he cooks his own breakfast, he does his own homework. I'm not involved in that part of his day. And the things that we do together, like we have board game nights and movie nights and that is valued. What is your greatest fear for your child? There's something that I do feel bad about because um, he, he's not able to see what uh, what love is between and, and you know two adults in a romantic way. He, he's not witnessing it in a day-to-day -day way to understand uh, what they're like. He, he sees it between me and him, he sees it between our dogs, he sees it between me and all my friends. We have an extremely affectionate uh, 
physically or even otherwise he sees love in in many ways but he does not see it in 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 a romantic sense and i often wonder if uh when he grows up if it's going to be a challenge for him if he's not going to understand the dynamics of what makes a good relationship because i will only be able to give him uh my words what is your greatest wish for your child i just want him to be happy that's about it uh, as long as he figures out what to do and he uh, never shies from uh, being himself uh, that's about it uh, i don't really have uh, you know ambitions on his behalf as long as he's doing whatever he wants to i am good with that